Welcome to Wisdom Inspired, a podcast designed to help high achievers to eliminate burnout and overwhelm. Now let's prepare to open our hearts, our minds, and our notebooks to receive today's wisdom. Take no offense. Three steps to finding opportunity in offense. So that's take no offense. We're sharing three steps to finding opportunity in offense. So when offense occurs, often um, we may, if we only rely on our human thoughts about an offense, we immediately say someone has offended me, right? But I want us to really um, be mindful, and this goes to what I shared on Monday, that when offense happens, it's more of a spiritual act that's taking place, right? Scripture tells us we fight against principalities, spirits, and we as believers have to know that we're always operating in that realm, right? That is what separates us. As we are in this fallen world, what separates us is that we operate from that higher tier, that higher level of a spirit realm. So when we understand offense in a spirit realm, our spirit, uh, that other spirits are attacking our souls, right? Our soul becomes wounded. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And I like to believe that when an offense occurs, the mind and the and the will kind of, I'm sorry, the mind and the emotions basically take on the offense first together simultaneously because mentally you're playing it back in your head and now your emotions are wound up, right? But then your will, right, the thing, what you're going to do, how you do it kind of gets pulled be in into the mix, right? So if we can tackle our mind and our emotions when an offense comes, that's what I'm hoping these three steps are going to help you do. So I want to read, we shared these scriptures a little bit on Monday, Um, But I want to read again, um, because this is definitely where um, all of what I'm sharing is coming from. So I want us to be able to see the picture clearly. So I'm going to read Matthew 16, verses 23 through 24 real quickly. It says, But Jesus turned away from Peter and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. You are in my way, an offense and a hindrance and a snare to me. For you are minding what partakes not of the nature and quality of God, but of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself, disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interests, and take up his cross and follow me. Cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living, and if need be, in dying also. So as I was looking at this again, I wanted to make it clear that when we see in verse, uh, you have to go back to 22, Peter actually is attempting to rebuke Jesus, which is somewhat funny, but it is uh, an example of how high-minded we can get because a few scriptures prior to that, Peter um, shares a revelation when Jesus asks a question about who he is, and it's Peter's uh tendency to be the first in the forefront, right? And so he answered, and Jesus tells him, you know, Holy Spirit revealed this to you. You know, my Father revealed this to you. This is not yours. So he tells him, upon this, upon this rock, I'll build my church, right? 
So, again, that's talking about the spirit of faith. It's not talking about Peter himself, but Peter does become the one who initiates uh, the church, right? So you go study all that for yourself. I don't want to get lost there. But anyway, so we come here to 22, and Peter is just on this high, and Peter has this attempt to rebuke Jesus because of what he begins to tell the disciples about what's going to happen to him. And so in 23, where we started, Jesus immediately turned away. I want us to focus there. He turned away. In Mark 8, um, in, its recount, in Mark's account of it, it says Jesus turned his back to Peter, right? So he immediately turns his back to the offense. I, I want y'all to keep in mind, right? He immediately turns his back to the offense. And he begins to address not Peter, but the spirit that is in Peter or working through Peter at that time, okay? Because Peter's flesh, right? And we all are flesh. Let's be clear about that. So it is not Peter the person. It is the behavior and the influence of his behavior that Jesus is speaking to. And he tells him, you are an offense. You're a hindrance, right? Other scriptures throughout the Bible tells us about not taking an offense. And when you look up the phrase what it means to take an offense, it says to take an offense is to get angry or upset by something that another person has said or done. And we see here that Jesus immediately refused to take offense. He calls him an offense, but Jesus didn't take offense. That's why he turns his back on him. Right, And then he speaks and tells him, you are an offense. You are a hindrance and a snare. You're operating in a spirit that is not minding the nature or quality of God, but that of men. Okay, You're focused and you're attempting to cause me to take on this offense. Right, You're attempting to cause me to now, in my mind, will, and emotions, to take in this offense. Because if Jesus had taken in what Peter was dashing out, right, then it would have damaged or weakened the empowerment that Jesus had to fulfill what he had come to do, right? Because, again, Satan does not want him to become the fullness of sacrifice for the world's sins, right? And so Jesus goes on and he now looks at his disciples and he gives a complete breakdown of what he displayed in 23. In 24, he gives a complete breakdown of it. He says, let him deny himself, let you turn your back, let you disregard, lose sight of yourself and forget yourself and your own interests, right? He displayed that by turning his back on Peter. And he comes and he gives them the words because he's speaking to them about doing this mindfully, willfully, and emotionally, okay? Turning your back, losing sight of yourself, and forgetting your own interests. Because when our mind and our emotions come under attack, it's about me. I can't believe they did this to me. I can't believe you said this to me. I, it becomes about me, self, I, right? So he's immediately instructing them with some steps on how to take no offense which is to disregard, lose sight of, forget yourself and your own interests, and take up his cross, okay? This right here was real, real key for the last couple of days because 
and I've heard this, I've, I've heard it through church, and I'm not saying it's wrong because I am not debating theology at all, but I am going to give y'all my own little revelation that I got on this, and I went to find and study it for myself, was that to take up his cross, we oftentimes take that as if now we're supposed to bear the weight of the pain that comes from the offense. And I challenge us today that it is not for us to bear it. Because if you look up, take up in Greek, it is the Greek word A-R-A-T-O. It's a Greek word. That phrase, take up, is a Greek word, A-R-A-T-O, which means to remove, to take away, or to raise. So when Jesus was here telling you that you're going to take up your cross, he's not telling you take up the cross and carry it. He's telling you remove the stake. Remove it. Remove it from your mind. Remove it from your emotions. Remove what? You. Remove the thought of yourself from this moment. Remove it. Let it go. Take it up. And now follow me. Because when you disregard, when you lose sight and forget yourself and take it up, remove the stake. Do not allow yourself to take home in this moment because you are now taking on the offense. He's telling you take up that cross, remove that cross, take it away completely, and then follow me steadfastly conforming wholly to my example of living, right? And this is further proven as you read verses 25, 26, and 27, because he tells them in 25 that if whoever is bent on saving their temporary life, the comfort and security of here shall lose their eternal life. And whoever loses his life, his comfort and security here for Christ's sake, shall find their everlasting life, right? And he says in 26, but what will it profit a man? What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life, his blessed life in the kingdom of God by taking on the offense, by planting your cross here and steady living here in this? What will it profit you to get this resolved or to get that person to not offend you? What will it profit you? And in 27, because he reminds you that there is a reward waiting because the Son of Man is going to come in the glory, majesty, and splendor of his Father with his angels, and then he will render account and reward every man in accordance with what he has done. So you may be saying, what are the three steps? First, turn your back. Mindfully, willfully, and emotionally, you must turn your back to what has occurred. Secondly, you must disown, discard, lose sight of, forget, ignore, any thoughts of yourself and your interests, the interests are your feelings, your experience, what you like to see happen, and totally remove, totally remove it from your mind, your will, and your emotions. And thirdly, you must focus in on the will of God. You must focus in on following Jesus and allowing yourself to continue to be conformed into the character of Jesus. This does not mean, this does not mean that you do not confront it because 
Jesus very well did it, right? But you must confront it from a higher perspective. You're not confronting the individual about what the individual did to you, but you are confronting the spirit of Satan that is coming to be a hindrance, right? A roadblock and a snare on your journey. You are speaking in the power and the authority that lives in you through the power of Christ in you, and you are speaking in that realm because that is how you then are able to do just as Jesus did when he did get to the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do because he know he did not allow himself to be concerned with him. He did not bear his own cross. He did not put himself on the throne of his mind, his will, and his emotions as the offense was occurring. Who was on that throne in Christ's heart? It was us, humanity, because he knew that he was dying for a cause bigger than himself. Okay? So you have to begin to operate in that. And this is something we do daily because in the version in Mark's take, he reminds us we're doing and taking up our cross Daily, we are removing ourselves daily from the thoughts, the minds, and the emotions that come. We have to be willing to completely abandon the idea of ourselves and understand that God's interest and God's quality and his will is our focus, right? Because this is the thing that you need to remember, that this offense is merely to distract you. And it is to get your mind, your will, and your emotions away from doing and fulfilling the thing that God has called you to do. And if you take on the offense, if you take stake and plant your cross in that moment, it will create a hindrance. And that hindrance shows up in your heart in the form of bitterness, unforgiveness, gossip, right, divided mind, doubt, and fear. Because you begin to take on these idealisms of that you've got to be better or you've got to prove people wrong or you've got to outdo them or you've got to get them back for some offense that they've done or now you don't want to talk to them no more because they did this to you because it's all about who you. You have yet to arrive to the place that you have completely disowned and discarded and removed any thoughts of yourself. Now, this doesn't mean that reconciliation takes place, but it does mean that as you operate in confrontation and reconciliation, you are not doing it from a place of your own agenda, but from God's agenda. What is it that God needs you or wants you to do in this moment? And is it the thing that is going to bring that person into repentance to God? Because all God cares about is the soul of man. He has created the progress and the process of redemption so that all man's souls can be redeemed. And if you put yourself on the cross, if you stake yourself as the important thing of the matter, you are not operating in God's will. You yourself are becoming a hindrance. You yourself are becoming an offense in the lives of others. So take no offense. Three steps to finding opportunity in offense. I hope today's wisdom has inspired you, encouraged you, and challenged you and becomes a tool in your toolbox 
that as you go through life daily, we will always be experiencing offense as long as we are on this side of the earth. So I encourage you to never let this go. Hold on to this tool. It's not easy, but it does become easier as you apply it. So thank you guys for joining us on Wisdom Inspired. Hope you have a great and wonderful day. I hope you enjoyed the episode of Wisdom Inspired that was brought to you by the AAC Coworking Community, a virtual community designed to support female entrepreneurs, business owners, and freelance professionals. For more, go to wisdominspired.net.